0: A new TV show hosted by UNICEF Goodwill Ambassador Daphne Osenia-Paez documents the ways artists, local businesses, and cultural institutions are persevering despite the pandemic. In this B-Side episode, she talks to Business World reporter michelle Ann P. Soleiman about the creative process and the importance of sharing human interest stories.
1: Can you tell us about the original idea and treatment of the show before the pandemic hit?
2: Back in 2018, I was approached by the management to be part of a show called Create. And then we came up collaboratively with a concept for Create. Originally, it was focused only on visual artists, but uh, we were able to come up with a concept that involved all creative industries. So we've done two seasons before. We've done from masters like Gallicano or Lina, uh, really top artists and also young artists that are just starting out. We've done a costume designer. We've done prosthetics artists, sculptors. So that's how it was. And then we ended with Randy Ortiz for his fashion career. And we were supposed to come back for a third season, but then the pandemic happened and I thought, okay, there's no way I can do another magazine show because how can I interact with people in their homes and in their studios with this pandemic raging? But throughout the lockdowns, uh, we were talking with our producers And realize that, you know, we can come back, but because we've all gone through some kind of change and everybody is like a collective experience, maybe we should come back and tell the story of how people recreated their art, even their communities and uh, their own industries. So I feel so privileged and blessed to be able to tell these stories right now.
1: What specific event made you think of changing the treatment of the show?
2: Well, throughout the year, I was reading up on what was happening internationally. My family uh, is in Toronto. My husband's family is all in New York. And I figured these cities are never going to be the same again. Or if they do, it's going to be redefined. So I followed that. Like uh, I was reading up on what was happening in other cities. And I could see also what was happening in our city. And of course, keeping in touch with my network of friends who are in the arts and culture and seeing how, I hate to use this word, but people were pivoting. So a lot of it was happening in the tech industry, but I also realized that no matter what industry you are in, creativity and the arts were saving people. So I thought, hey, you know, this is something. It's not just me that's going through this, like working with my hands and going back to my roots and, you know, trying to do creative things. A lot of people are doing it and it's affecting people in a greater way. Like it's not all negative. There are good things coming out of this and somebody has to tell that story. But up until then, I didn't really know how we could do it because it looked so impossible unless we do another Zoom interview And I thought, but, you know, we need to be visual. We need to tell these stories, hence all of the uh, protocols that we have to follow.
1: How has the show's goal shifted after changing its treatment?
2: In the uh, first two seasons of the show, we devoted one segment into a, like a masterclass. But this time, we added another aspect to how they are facing the new world. What were the other unexpected or expected effects that happened? For example, in our pilot episode, we went to uh, Betis Pampanga, which is the capital of wood carving in the Philippines. They export fine wood-carved furniture even to Kate Middleton's house, <laughs> royal palaces. The between family, who had been focused on that, they were already affected by lahar in the 90s and were able to survive and thrive after that. And then now this happens. Of course, they are an export company and a lot of the logistics stopped during the time. So they were able to come up with a new idea, one of their old furniture kilns, a huge warehouse in a fish pond. They converted it into a bed and breakfast using furniture from their showroom. You know, so it was such a creative way of coming up with this new answer to a need because they figured people are going to want to go away on staycations, but they won't be able to travel freely outside the country. So local tourism will be big. They were able to come up with small private bed and breakfast cottages, a small little garden for possible small weddings, because everything now is small, intimate with ventilation. So That was so fast. They were able to do that and to do it with so much beauty and hope. So I thought that would be a great story to start with because it really captured the essence of recreating.
1: How did your team make sure to cover all areas of arts and culture, not limited to visual arts, as you
2: said earlier? Well, I think it helps that we are all in different stages of our life. The only thing that ties us together is that we all work in media, but we always make it a collaborative effort we plan per season. So for this season, we wanted to, of course, make sure that there will still be people in the fine arts, but we would also want to include new things. Like there's a new thing that I'm very, very challenged about. It's the NFTs. It's this digital art that people are buying in millions of dollars. So I want to understand that. And it's so fascinating that we actually have local artists that are dealing in that new form of not just art, but tech and investments. The easiest part is us coming up with these ideas. But the biggest challenge right now is reaching out to the subjects and asking for an interview a whole day because there are protocols in place and limitations. So that's the hardest thing. That's our recreation that we're going through. How important is it to highlight stories of artists
1: and cultural workers, especially during the pandemic.
2: I think in every media outfit, there's always a segment for the softer part of the news, lifestyle pages and, you know, specialty magazines and things like that. But having built an entire career on this, I'm a staunch advocate of telling the stories of heritage, culture, the arts. Like in my first show on television, it was F back in... uh, year 2000. I mean, we were riding the transformation of Manila. Manila had so many new restaurants and spas and condos, and it was just so metropolitan. It was so chic. Those are the stories that like, people don't forget. I mean, every day we consume so much news and headlines, especially now. There's a lot of conflict in the world, whether it's health politics or wars and things like that. But it is always the stories of human interests. And right now I think culture and the arts in whatever form and whatever age you are, I think that is hopefully a unifying theme or interest because it's what keeps people going. Like I said, there's a lot of innovation in tech, but it's creativity that's driving that. There's a lot of new businesses coming out, whether it's in food or logistics, companies are being redefined, but it's still a creative thought process that is driving all of these changes. So I think it's always important to pause from the hard technical news and tell the stories of the creative process. Because even major problem solvers and thinkers were planting and drawing and cooking. I mean, that's all art and creativity. So as the world keeps pushing for STEM, and I'm, you know, I love STEM and I love tech. Let's not forget throughout the history of man, what has not changed and what has not died. It is art and culture.
1: Picking up from that, was there any common struggle among creatives and the artists that changed the way they worked? And how did they cope with that challenge?
2: I think that a lot of artists actually thrived during this time. I have no idea if it's because maybe they're a little bit more introverted and they need the time to sit down. A lot of them said, you know, nothing much has changed. I actually did work from home and now I just have to share my home with my whole family. But I think many of them use the time to produce and create and push their art I think that a lot of the changes were in the, how to reach a new audience, how to reach the clients, the people who consume art. I'm speaking for museum lovers and art show lovers. There has not been really uh, a big show. I was very lucky that I got invited back in March by the DOT secretary and I got to see the uh, National Museum before it opened. And I filmed there just with my camera, with my phone. And I missed the museum, you know, so people are waiting for that theater also. We have this brand new, renovated metropolitan theater. It is beautifully restored. It's beautifully done. But without a show and without people going there, it's just another monument, right? So art also has to be experienced. Architecture, I mean, I could talk about architecture endlessly, it's my love, it's my language, but you have to experience walking into the space and have a relationship with the building and the light and how things change. So I think that maybe the pause made people think and appreciate what really matters. And I really believe that when things are safer and things open up, wow, be prepared because I think people will have a hunger and thirst and appreciation for not just nature, but you know, our built environment and all the creativity that went into it.
1: Have any of the subjects you interviewed mentioned anything about the challenges of going online?
2: Oh, I think that maybe in the earlier part of the pandemic, everybody struggled. I mean, I never knew what Zoom was. I still had to call my daughter to change my profile name here. (laughs) So I think by now it cut across ages and geography because everything has sort of gone online, even church and mass has gone online. So all the titos and titas know how to do Zoom, I think. What I think what we saw also were communities being built online. So artists uh, were able to come up with Facebook groups and interact better with each other. Some said that they thrive business-wise, Some maybe are still struggling, um, maybe going through something else. So I think as the physical world closed down, of course, the digital space brought so many people together. And it is really one of the good things of the Internet, sharing of not just sharing your art, but sharing processes. People really enjoyed tutorials and we wouldn't have had time for that, learning how to watercolor botanical prints and things like that learning how to grow flowers and vegetables. So it's a good thing, I think. As far as challenges, yeah, I think it was just tech, connectivity. As the show host
1: of Recreate, what did you learn from the stories you have covered?
2: I think it really made it more tangible, the thoughts that I was cultivating in my head during the lockdown, that art and culture and creativity can never be stopped, even in a lockdown. And that people have the power to dig deep into themselves and use expression as a a way to move forward and not have inertia. So even if you're stuck, surely there's something you can do. At the same time, there is no need to pressure yourself If you see your neighbor doing this if you see that artist doing that you should be doing this no because there are still so many ways to recreate yourself your art your community and i also learned that throughout all of this there are so many creative people who thought beyond themselves they really use this time to help other people there's so much generosity and i think that's what i'm going to take out of it it's not just people building themselves up again and, you know, doing well again. And it's not just that, it's really the generosity of the spirit. And you see that in art and it's such a real gift to be the one to be able to tell these stories during these times.
0: And that concludes another episode of B-Side. Once again, you heard Recreate host and UNICEF Goodwill Ambassador Daphne Osanya Pais speaking with Business World reporter, michelle and P. Soleiman about the value of art and culture. Amid the bleak headlines, it's good to be reminded that people keep finding creative ways to cope. There is comfort in making stuff, whether it's sourdough bread, a cup of dalgona coffee, or a piece of digital art to be sold as a non-fungible token. Go ahead, start creating. Who knows, you may end up in the next season of Recreate. This episode of B-Side was recorded remotely on May 31. This is Sam L. Marcelo. Thanks for listening.